Welcome, listeners, to the new Radical Life Support podcast series on the ABCs of the Attributes of Jesus Christ. We are so glad you're joining us today. The theme for our series comes from a question Jesus asked Simon Peter in the Gospels, which is this, Who do you say that I am? If Jesus asked you that question, how would you answer it? What is Jesus like to you? It's very important that when we think about who Jesus is and what he's like, that we get it right. Today, we're going to study about the letter B, the blood of Jesus. Blood is necessary to the life of humans and animals. It is essential to maintain life, so it has been called the lifeblood. If you are to lose a significant amount of blood, your body will become weak. If your blood is drained out, you will die. Leviticus 17.11 says, For the life of a creature is in the blood. Without blood, there can be no life. From a biological point of view, there is about 1.2 to 1.5 gallons of blood in a human body. Most adults can lose up to 14% of their blood without experiencing any major side effects or changes in vital signs. Some, however, may feel lightheaded or dizzy if this amount is lost quickly. Red blood cells are by far the most abundant type of cell in the human body, accounting for over 80% of all cells. The job of the heart is to pump and circulate blood in the body. The job of the red blood cells is to transport oxygen to the body tissues. Without blood, the body's organs couldn't get the oxygen and nutrients they need to survive. One interesting note that I didn't know, blood is red inside and outside the body. Now, I was told as a child that it was blue in the body and turned red when it hit the air. But actually, the blood is red because of the protein hemoglobin, which contains a red-colored compound called heme. Heme contains an iron atom, which binds to oxygen, giving blood its red color. Veins appear to be blue, but only because of how it looks through our skin. I just shook my head when I learned this, and I saw a correlation that we are trying to accomplish through this study. It just proves to me that you should examine what you know about Jesus. Just like the color of blood, you could have something wrong all these many years and not even realize it. And I would have been so convinced that I was right that I would have bet money on it. Having the wrong knowledge about the color of blood has no significance in your life, but having the wrong knowledge and understanding about Jesus can have eternal significance. Jesus was human, and he had lifeblood too, but his blood was particularly special. Jesus' lifeblood brings life to us. His lifeblood is a key and necessary part of our salvation. Let's see how it does that. How is the blood of Jesus revealed in the Word? There are a couple events that God put into place for the Jewish people that were a foreshadow of the blood of Jesus. God always had in mind his son as he set up feasts, rituals, festivals, and ceremonies for the Israelites to participate in. Blood was an essential component in many of them. In regards to blood, we will look at three foreshadowings, the Passover, the Old and New Covenants, and the sacrifices in the law. First, the Passover. When God brought the Israelites out of Egypt, this is what God said about the last plague in Exodus 12, 12 through 13. On the same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn, both men and animals. I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt, for I am the Lord. The blood that God instructed them to put on their doorframes. 
The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. This became an annual Jewish ceremony called the Passover that they were to observe in remembrance of how God miraculously brought them safely out of slavery. The sacrificial animal that was to be without defect, they slaughtered to get the blood to put on the door frames, and this animal was called the Passover lamb. 1 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. The NIV commentary says that in his death and shed blood, Christ fulfilled the true meaning of the Jewish sacrifice of the Passover lamb. The Bible confirms that Jesus was crucified on Passover day, and he was the sinless and spotless sacrificial lamb of God who frees us from being a slave to sin. Those who put their trust in him will escape the judgment of death. Now let's look at the blood in the Old and New Covenants. After God took the people out of Egypt, he gave them the Ten Commandments, which are found in Exodus 20. But in Exodus 20 through 23, there are also other stipulations and conditions. And all of that was included in the Book of the Covenant. In Exodus 24, 6 through 8, Moses, who was the mediator between God and the people of Israel, he took half the blood from the sacrifices of young bulls and put it in bowls, and the other half he sprinkled on the altar. Then he took that book of the covenant and he read it to the people. And they responded, we will do everything the Lord has said. We will obey. Then Moses took the blood, sprinkled it on the people and said, this is the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. As the old Mosaic covenant was formalized and observed by the blood of sacrificial animals, so the new covenant would be honored and celebrated by the blood of Christ. God even said in Jeremiah 31, 31, that the time is coming when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel. In the new covenant, Jesus would become the mediator between God and his people. From Matthew 26, Luke 22, and 1 Corinthians 11, we know in Jesus' last meal with his disciples, after he had given thanks, he first took some bread, broke it, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. The shedding of Jesus' blood is a covenant sign. And God states our salvation is sealed and paid for by Jesus' blood. And we are to regularly set aside time to remember that his body was broken and his blood was shed. And that is what we do when we have communion. Now let's look at the blood in the sacrifices of the Old Testament. God said in Leviticus 17.11 that he gave the Israelites the law of sacrificing animals to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. The NAV commentary says that the blood shed in the sacrifices was sacred. Since life was sacred, blood, a symbol of life, had to be treated with respect. Practically every sacrifice included the sprinkling or smearing of blood on the altar or within the tabernacle, thus teaching that atonement involves the substitution of life for life. Even though God's laws required sacrifices and offerings to be made year after year, they didn't please him because they only reminded people of their sins. They didn't actually take away the sin. The law was only a foreshadow of the good things to come. 
And what came? Jesus came. He came into the world. He says in Hebrews 10, 8, here I am, I have come to do your will. Romans 3.25 says that God presented him, Jesus, as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. God set aside the first to establish the second through Jesus. Hebrews 10.10 says we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. He substituted his life for ours and there was no longer any need for countless sacrifices. How is the blood of Jesus revealed in the world? When Jesus cut his finger working as a carpenter, or some believe he was a masonry worker, it hurt, it bled, and it developed a scab and healed over time. I don't think Jesus necessarily went through shortcuts on earth because he was God. He went through what we go through to identify with every aspect of life, including having our flesh cut. He allowed every drop of blood to be shed while he was being whipped the crown of thorns pushed on his head and the nails hammered into his feet and hands. His flesh was torn. It's said that a flogging of Roman days has a horrendous physical effect on the human body, including mental torment. It was often used as a prelude to crucifixion. The person would be stripped naked and bound to a low pillar so that he could bend over it, or they chained the person to an upright pillar so as to be stretched out. The whips with small pieces of metal or bone at the tips were commonly used. The blows went from the bare shoulders down the body to the soles of the feet. These devices could cause disfigurement and serious trauma, such as ripping pieces of flesh from the body. In addition to causing severe pain, the victim would approach a state of shock due to loss of blood. The number of blows inflicted was left to the soldiers to decide, though they were normally not supposed to kill the victim. Jesus knew with every blow of the whip the significance of his blood being spilt for the sins of man. The blood was spilt for the Pharisees, Pilate, Herod, the crowds, his disciples, his mother, and even the Roman soldiers who were whipping him. His blood was falling to the ground for their sins too. 1 Peter 2.24 says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Isaiah 53, 5 says, But he was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. How much blood was shed? We don't know. 30 years ago, I heard a speaker on Focus on the Family Radio. He said that the human body can replace 20 million cells in just a few seconds. That's a lot. And it means over a lifetime, your body produces a lot of blood. Adult humans have somewhere around 25 trillion red blood cells in their body on average. This means that Jesus had this many red blood cells in his body too, and they were being replaced every few seconds. The speaker said he didn't want to over-spiritualize it, but he hypothesized something I have never forgotten. Think about the fact that Jesus' red blood cells were divine and powerful. Do you think perhaps that the blood that was shed on the cross had enough red blood cells for every person who ever lived in the world? Is it possible that we each have one red blood cell assigned for us? And that cell is so holy and pure that it can do what it says in 1 John 1, 7. The blood of Jesus purifies us from all sin. How is the blood of Jesus revealed in our hearts? So there is power in the blood of Jesus. Let's take a look at what the power of the blood of Jesus provides for us. First, freedom from slavery to sin. 
Revelations 5, 9 says, Jesus was slain, and with his blood he purchased men for God. Back in Bible times, if a person was a slave, they could be purchased out of slavery with money. But 1 Peter 1.18 says, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but revealed in these last times for our sakes. Jesus had access to all heavenly riches, but he didn't purchase us with that. He purchased us with his own blood. The power of the blood of Jesus reconciles us with God. Romans 5, 9 says, Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? Our sin separates us from God. Ephesians 2, 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. Jesus' blood reconciled our relationship with God. He so desired that we be in right relationship with the Father that he willingly went to Calvary. Revelations 1.5 says, He loved us and freed us from our sins by his blood. Jesus proved his love at Calvary, and he brought us back into relationship with God. The power in the blood gives us victory from the enemy. Revelations 12.11 says, They overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. This verse shows the true power of the blood with victory over the devil. When we are covered in the blood, we have strength to defeat our greatest enemy, the devil. He cannot take our salvation from us. The power of the blood provides forgiveness of sins. Ephesians 1, 7, In him we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. And in Hebrews 9.22, it says, In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Jesus' blood covered every single sin of all men and women born and to be born, and all those sins are forgiven through his blood. Jesus brought the forgiveness we needed from our sins by sacrificing himself. And the power of the blood cleanses us from sin. Jesus shed his blood for you, to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Cleansing is a result of being washed in the blood of Jesus. Revelation 7:14 says, They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. The Bible says when God washes us, we become whiter than snow. And white is a sign of purity. If you feel your life is so impure and stained with so much sin that you can never be made pure again, Jesus is saying and promises that his death and shed blood has the power to completely wash you clean so you can begin anew. All you have to do is accept this truth, confess your sins, and ask Jesus to come into your life. And then you will receive the gift of this cleansing through his blood. Will you please do that today? Put your trust in Jesus, who shed his lifeblood to bring you eternal life. Two of my favorite hymns are written about the blood. One is called, There is Power in the Blood written and composed by Lewis Edgar Jones, and the other is Nothing But the Blood of Jesus, written and composed by Robert Lowry. Both songs were made popular at camp meetings in the late 1800s. The message of the verses and chorus is so powerful. Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? Yes, there's wonderful power in the blood. Would you be whiter, much whiter than snow? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Sin stains are lost in its life-giving flow. 
there's wonderful power in the blood. There's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my hope and peace, nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my righteousness, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Living a radical life for Jesus means believing in the power of Jesus' blood shed for you. If you know of anyone who could benefit from hearing about the wonderful attributes, names, and works of Jesus, please share the information about our podcast with them. They can listen to weekly episodes on our website at https colon backslash backslash radicallifesupport.buzzsprout.com. We are listed for your convenience on Apple Podcast, Overcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, and Stitcher. Download any of these apps and subscribe to our Radical Life Support Podcast. Look for us every Friday on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And feel free to email us anytime at rickandrobinmo at gmail.com. We love to hear positive comments and input from our listeners. Next week, we're going to talk about the letter C. Talk to you then.